Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of A Product of Proverbs. I'm your host, Joshua Fowler, here with my dad and co-host, Reverend Roy Fowler, and happy to be here for another episode. We thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of A Product of Proverbs. We enjoyed the first half of this year making Season 1, and Season 2 has been a fun time. So if this is your first episode, Season 1 was a lot more formal. It was a lot more kind of structured, a little more rigid. Season 2, we followed the advice we got from our listeners, made a little bit more lighthearted, the same vibe that you got from the Season 1 season finale where we had the whole family there and we were just kind of having a good time. Those type of episodes were the ones that got the most views. They were the ones that you guys talked about the most. And when we asked listeners what they wanted, they wanted us to just be us because that's what they liked. So we decided to give you guys more of that. A product of Proverbs is wisdom. It's a series of conversations between me and my dad. So something you don't see too often. A 58-year-old and a 26-year-old having conversations on life, different subjects, and current events. So welcome to this episode of A Product of Proverbs. How's it going, Dad? It's going good. It's been a long day, but it's been a good day. A long day, man. It's been a long week. I have been on go. I actually went into the office this week. Yeah. You know, my job, the office is open. They told us we can be remote for the rest of our lives if we want to. We can come in as frequent as we want to. I go kind of as I want to. So sometimes I don't go at all. Most of the time I don't go at all, actually. But when I need the office or want the office, I might go one day a week. And this week we had a conference. Usually we go and present and do a big thing in person. We're supposed to be going to Boston this year. But COVID, so we had to do this conference virtually. So I was on a webinar from about 8 a.m. until about 4.30 p.m. nonstop, giving trainings, Q&As. You talk about a Zoom fatigue. I can imagine all of that. And then when it was over, MBA orientation, Friday and Saturday. And we were supposed to be in person, but COVID. So... I'm in Zoom meetings on Friday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Man. Yeah, we've had a busy, busy week. <laughs> yeah, this was a tough one. But that's kind of what it is from now on, seeing that I'm registering for classes tomorrow. I'll be starting classes next week. And for the next two to three years, this is just going to be life, you know, just kind of busy. I'm actually thinking about moving back towards the city a little bit. Yeah, you know I always drop some news on you at the front of each of these episodes. I wish the people was here to see your face change when I drop it, too. Yeah, you don't tell us anything till the last minute. I'm not thinking about doing it now. I'm going to fill out this semester, really the beginning of it. But if I'm going to be at Georgia Tech for three nights, the first semester is looking like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's all week. Um, if I'm going to be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next semester, and then over the summers doing the same thing, it's, it's kind of one of those things where if it was like undergrad when I moved back home and I could commute from Kennesaw to Georgia State Tuesday and Thursday. Plus also my job was out here in Kennesaw too versus my job's remote now, but then my office is down towards the city some. 
And actually, that's really what it comes down to is I commuted then, so I don't have to commute now. Like, I moved back home then. My student loans aren't crazy because I didn't take extra student loans to pay rent in undergrad so that I can have the type of money now. I've been able to save money and invest money because I haven't been paying ridiculous student loan payments this whole time. You know, like, I, I have a good job. I've been able to advance in my career because of the sacrifices I made back then, living at home, doing the internship, doing certain things. It's also a part of it take money to make money. So that's a good intro to this week's episode. Uh, this week's episode is a money episode, not really directly. I don't know if it's going to be specific on, say, budgeting or anything like that. But when I wrote it down, it came from the provider type perspective. I said it takes money to make money just because that's life. That's how it goes. You have to be able to invest in yourself to make more money via salary. You have to be able to invest in things, so stocks and your 401k and in a house and certain things to be able to make more money in equity and dividends. You have to have money and use that money to be able to make more money. So making money starts with having money. So providing, how to provide that money for yourself. And then even touching on some of the pressures to provide for your family. If you don't have a family yet, it may be pressure to provide for the family that's not even here. Like we do on all our episodes, why should we listen to you? Who are you? What do you know about providing? I'm going to introduce you as the ultimate provider because I actually don't even have to say. You could just see it. In our upbringing, in our life, in our lifestyle, you provide it for all those around you. So I'll let you speak on the specifics, but me personally didn't really have to provide for myself up until maybe 21. I think when I had to provide for myself, I didn't have to. I chose to. I would tell y'all, okay, I got my own cell phone plan. So I provide for myself so that y'all don't have to pay for my cell phone. Hey, I got my own car insurance. I'm paying my own. When I got a job, I started kind of wanting to provide and take care of myself. And even in the times where, like I said, back then I moved back home. Yeah, y'all let me live rent-free, but I don't really try to ask for anything. I think if I need anything, I should be the one to provide it. And then even in the responsibility, why did I go to college? Why? Am I getting my MBA? Why did I get certain certifications? Why is my career what it is? It's because the example that was set for me was to provide. So I understand that growing up, I didn't have to do anything. I joke about my first job with some of my classmates and how I had to sneak and get a job. And I actually snuck and got two jobs that y'all wouldn't let me work before y'all finally just said, okay, because y'all wanted me to focus on school. Y'all wanted me to focus on being a kid, focus on yep. the time of life. Because like y'all always said, and it's so true now, you got the whole rest of your life to work. You're going to have to work every day while you don't have to now enjoy it. So I was the kid with lunch money. And I wouldn't even say an allowance, but weekend money and kind of I wanted to go to football games, clothes, spending money. I had a car, so I had gas money. No job, no summer job, no after-school job. Y'all was able to provide that for me and my brothers. So that's kind of the expectation for me, if ever and whenever I have kids, is even if I don't do all that, I have to be able to, because you got to be able to. What do you mean in case you don't do all that? 
Spoil what? Provide for your children. Not provide for your children. Spoil your children. Oh, okay. Because we're going to have to call it what it is. Because if you ask my girlfriend and anybody around me, you got to call a spade a spade. I'm spoiled. Yeah, you are. That's it? No, no. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> no but. <laughs> Ain't no but. You are. Your fault. So, little do y'all know, Daniel, shout out to you. You referred me to Your Fault Insurance. I carry life insurance through Your Fault Insurance Company. So, no matter what happens, when I pull out my Your Fault Insurance card, you already know. I carry no responsibility. Sounds like somebody else I know. This is a no liability insurance. Back to it, man. Providing. That might be another reason why I don't have kids yet because that's the example that was set. But the thing is, none of that has been a burden to me. It's, it's kind of been a, something I wanted to do. It wasn't something I felt like I had to do. I felt that I was supposed to, and it was in me to provide. And that's just one of the things that was instilled in me early because we used to see, and we always observed that, in our community, most of the men really worked and worked hard to take care of their families. So you just kind of grow. And then, you know, I got a shout out to the mothers too, because the mothers work very hard. You know, they work together to take care of the families and the things they needed to. And so it was always in me. I don't really know how to deal, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that at the level that I was able to do it. I'm grateful to God for that. But I did recognize early on that I had a tremendous responsibility to take care of my family. And as we was talking one episode about home ownership, and that's one of the things that I saw as being part of being a provider was to have a stable home for my family, that's my wife and my children, to be in. And I laugh at you guys about certain things because I, I really worked. Um, I'm a hard worker even now. I work. I have no problem working because there's a purpose in my working. I have a, I have a purpose. Uh, I have a plan. I have goals and ideas. So there's no problem with that. And to be honest with you, none of them center around me. But that's okay. That's kind of how I feel in my heart. So I'm good with it. But yeah, and one thing that's very important, I think you mentioned on it, was you're going for your MBA and you're setting yourself up. And you've always set yourself up to, to be able to make more income. And that's how you got to do. Too many times we shut ourselves down and, and close and lock ourselves out because we don't make the preparations. Now, you can't complain about not making a certain amount of money when you haven't put in the work. You know, you went to school for the four years. You can already go to school for the three more years. You've already done your internships. You've taken these jobs and you're getting these certifications. And sure, you should get the income for it. And a person that lays around, that, that's a grasshopper, won't do anything, he can't, shouldn't be envious and he can't be uh, jealous and feel shorted because he's not doing that. I remember something that was said when you got your Corvette, when you drove up to the church, your aunt said to her little grandchildren, you can do what he's doing 
if you do what he did or something like that because of the fact that you did go to school, you did graduate, and you did advance yourself with the certification. So now if you do what he did, you can do what he's doing. And I thought that was interesting, and that's a good point. Even at that, when you put forth the effort that you're putting forth, it's not really just for you because then it becomes an encouragement and a motivation for those coming behind you. Now that could encourage them to study hard, to go to school, to get the degree, to get the job so they can get the, the toys. It all works together, you know, we're all connected. Everything's relational in one way or another. And that's also a good transition into the reason behind the toys. Because while one of my favorite quotes is from Nip, he says, the highest human act is to inspire. So that's the whole point is not to hear someone say, you inspired me, but to see their actions, see them make the necessary sacrifices or make the necessary moves to put themselves in a position to do what they want to do because they saw that you did what you wanted to do. That's the whole purpose of it. But behind the toys and behind a lot of the money that's spent. Because as we discussed in, I don't know if it's this episode, was it this episode that I dropped a bomb on you that I might be moving back down towards? Yes. Okay, so it takes money to make money. And a part of this comes from, I was recently listening to a podcast and I came across um, exotic car hacks. So you know I love cars and I study cars. I study car financing, car technology, racing, sales, my hobbies and interest is all kind of in that automotive industry. So exotic car hacks is how people finesse into owning Ferraris, McLarens, Audis, Lamborghinis, and you think these are $270,000 cars and why most of these people never pay $270,000. Most of these people never pay $100,000 for the ownership period of this car and they have a way where they actually finesse it with leasing or sales price and then selling it to someone else and the terms of your financing. They make money on owning a car for three years. They make money on owning a certain car for 18 months. Part of that game is it takes money to make money. After you've bought your first Ferrari, you can now buy more Ferraris. After you buy your first McLaren, you're now invited to McLaren events. Think about the type of people that attend McLaren social events. Think about their network, think about their business connections, and think about the type of back scratching that goes on at those type of social circles. Think about the country club and you say, oh my God, those people pay $1,200 a month for country club fees, but think about the members of their country club. Think about their positions in their companies and, and how certain things may work. I know that your network determines your net worth. Therefore, it takes money to make money because money generally wants to be around money. If you look like money, if you carry yourself like money, if you actually have money, then you attract money to you. But if you don't look like it, if you don't carry yourself like it, if you aren't really in those situations, money don't really look for you the same way. Money don't go out of its way to find you the same way. 
part of that comes with you have to be in certain areas. So to circle back to the bombshell, I don't think I'm moving on Georgia Tech's campus. Business school is actually at a very good location, but I think I'll move somewhere around Atlanta. I don't know, maybe either Old Fourth Ward, maybe uh, West Midtown. I don't really know. I'm looking at different areas. Maybe move back to Vinings. I like the Vinings area, but Vinings really, it defeats the purpose at least a little bit because might as well be in Kennesaw. You're a whole drive out. It's still a whole kind of commute process. The whole point is to eliminate that so that for group projects, you're available for those study sessions, for meeting up for coffee near campus, or I know during COVID we're not thinking like that, but it's gonna probably go back to normal quicker than we imagine. Next summer will probably be with some type of normality. If you actually look around Atlanta at least, it's a certain level of normality already. Cause Georgia as a whole just didn't really take this as seriously as others, but there are still gonna be some level of in-person communication and even through virtual communication you want to be in a comfortable environment and able to be the best you you can be so that you can make those connections and make that impact and grow your network so that you can grow your net worth and I noticed and this is just a learning lesson and more of a qualification but back when I moved to Kennesaw in undergrad that was with that provider mentality. I knew I wanted to keep my student loans low. I also knew I needed to graduate. I knew I needed the internship. I knew the bigger picture, you take a short-term sacrifice so that you can provide for the longer term. While the career took a crazy leap from that sacrifice, the social aspect was gone. Mm -hmm. Just kind of because it was either I'm in Kennesaw or I'm at work and there's no time for any of that other stuff. And if there is some time, I'm so far away that it's not really time. It, it just don't really work out. I don't really want to miss out on that social and the network during the Georgia Tech NBA. You know, like these are the type of people and connections and, and in the type of scenarios and rooms where it actually makes a difference. That proximity is important. So. It takes money to make money while rent may be $200 more a month, potentially. You don't know what that pays back on the back end. Right. While you may lose some money here or while it may be this inconvenience here, you don't know what you get in return. Also, while it may save you some money, your decisions, your actions may save you a couple pennies. It may be costing you couple thousand down the road so you really got to look at the entirety of your situation when when thinking about things just think about yourself think about your family the people around you and think of your bigger picture you know and I think that's it you got to consider the cost you've got to determine what you're willing to pay and for what it you know for what you're going to get out of it and every person's situation got to be different you just got to use wisdom as to what best works for you and go with it. And that's the key is what works for you because everything ain't for everybody. You have to take people's advice but also take it with a grain of salt because they're not you. They don't know your specific situation. They don't know everything that you put into the decision. They just know their perspective on it. And I think in, on that, 
if you let people give you advice, then ask the question, why? Because what you just said means a whole lot. It makes the difference in everything. My reason for buying a house, when you understand the reason, well, if you don't have that same reason and that same mindset, then it's not for you, right? But you understand, it's not just me saying you need to get this, and then you're thinking, well, I do need to get that. No, why? Ask the questions, why? When people offer you advice, then why? Where are you coming from? Why do you feel that way? The more information you get, the better, you know? It's like you collect data, then you can make a better decision. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's yours. Is their you data? Own it. it. You got to. Either way it go. You, own it. You might win, and that's your win. And if you lose, that's your loss. You got to take the L's just like the W's. But I think this is a good place for us to wrap up our Moolah Mike episode. You remember Moolah Mike? Mm-mm. One day I had the top and the doors off the Jeep. And I just rode down the neighborhood. I was playing music loud, probably looking like it, all type of everything. So I get out the car, and this kid rides by on his bike. He said, you look like you got moolah, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Little Mike. So his name Moolah Mike. That's right. I remember now. You look like you got a lot of moolah. He's the one that every time he rode by, he would speak. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's Moolah Mike. So, yeah, this is our Moolah episode. We're going to name it after Money Mike. <laughs> y'all, this is like a seven-year-old white kid in the neighborhood, by the way. Just so y'all yeah. just so y'all can picture it <laughs> on a little trick bike. <laughs> I'm riding back and forth, speaking every time. Bro, he'll say hey to you like 15 times in a 10-minute span. Every time he came by. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to Moolah Mike, man. Well, shout out to y'all, too. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode. Subscribe to us anywhere that you can get podcasts. That's, that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. Subscribe there. We have an Instagram. We also have a Facebook. All of this is just at a product of Proverbs. Super simple. Nobody stole our stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, let's see what else. Did I say Facebook? No. Well, we got a Facebook, too. I said Instagram. Anything else you want to shout out? Mm-mm. Shout out to y'all listeners, man. This is another episode of A Product of Proverbs in the Books. We'll catch y'all next week.